Welcome to Great Hearts Table, a podcast for pastors and those who care for them. I hope you won't mind a bit of shameless promotion. First, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. And better yet, subscribe to the podcast and then go to greatheartstable.com and subscribe to the newsletter as well. The content is the same, but this helps me get a better handle on who my listeners are. As well, if this has been helpful to you, invite others to join us. And if you still just can't get enough, you can follow Great Hearts Table on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're all over the place. Thanks for participating in this little project of mine. It means a lot to me to have you along for the ride. Oh, my favorite people are broken. Believe me, I know. Sam is a character in E.B. White's children's novel, The Trumpet of the Swan, who embodies a spirit of wonder. Sam kept a diary, and like most keepers of diaries, he recorded things he had seen and done. Unlike most, however, Sam, quote, always ended by asking himself a question so he would have something to think about while falling asleep. Everything was a wonder to Sam. Active minds, it seems, ask questions born of such wonder. I once drove James Montgomery Boyce, then a prominent pastor and evangelical leader, from my church in Bradenton to a train station in Tampa. We drove a route I had driven many times, but this time I saw things in a way I had never seen them before. Dr. Boyce, you see, would spot something and ask what it was. I didn't know. I never had thought about it. We drove past phosphate mines, and he wanted to know why there were phosphates in Florida and how they were extracted from the soil and why they were chemically important. All these were questions which had never occurred to me and for which I hadn't even sufficient background to invent an answer. To Dr. Boyce, everything was worth asking about. To Sam, everything was a wonder. And it occurs to me that sometimes we pastors, zealous as we are to make sure our congregants think right thoughts and eager as we are to show what we know, might be stealing a sense of wonder and discovery from our people. When the Queen of Sheba tested Solomon with hard questions, Solomon answered them all. She was breathless in her admiration. And what must have been intoxicating for Solomon, though, is toxic for us, and possibly deadening for our congregations. A year or so ago, a young man in our church, a recent high school graduate, shared his faith story with me and some other men. His testimony centered on the fact that when he would pose some of his most prickly questions to Cord, our youth pastor, Cord would respond by saying something like, I don't know the answer to that. Can I get back with you? When Cord got back with him, the answer he brought may or may not have been fully satisfactory, but the gift had already been given. What this young man was learning was that it is possible to have a deep and warm faith without having all the answers ready at hand. That's a freeing thing to know and a freeing way to pastor. It's liberating for a pastor to be able to be honest and say to someone, I don't know the answer to this. Early in my ministry, I lamented to a former professor, Dr. Will Barker, then the academic dean at Westminster Theological Seminary, my frustration that I was expected to be an expert on everything. He mused that the older he got, the less he felt expertise on anything. Sure, he was revealing his humility, but at the same time, he was also setting me free. I didn't need to know all the answers. 
counterintuitively then, to not have all the answers frees congregants to ask questions, to pursue answers, and to grow deeper roots. When we give people the impression that there is one proper answer, one acceptable position, one legitimate take on everything, and that we, their pastors, exist to give it to them, we stifle their curiosity and create a cultic environment. When, on the other hand, we articulate what we believe and are careful to show them why, and are honest about what we struggle to believe or what we don't understand, we encourage them to think and to question, and to consider the matters of their faith deeply. To invite them to ask questions and to ponder truths they do not understand ultimately is to encourage them to adopt a spirit of wonder, and wonder is the very heart of worship. Two of my grandsons have had the marvelous experience of attending what their school calls Forest Kindergarten. These kids spend several days each week, rain or shine, warm or cold, in a space in the woods near their school. There, they are encouraged to be kids, to splash in puddles, to climb trees, and to use their imaginations. They are encouraged, that is, to wonder. They learn by noticing things and asking questions about them. If the teacher does not know the answer, she helps them find out where to find an answer. And so recently, I took my grandsons on a walk in the woods near where I live. Sure, I noticed trees. I could tell that it was all green but I miss the wonder. The youngest, however, pointed out every mushroom, every leaf, every bug. It was all a wonder to him. This is not something he had been taught to do. Rather, his innate childlike sense of wonder had not yet been quenched. How do we regain that? Well, put that question in your diary before falling asleep tonight. Greatheart's Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home. And thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left to loneliness There's a place to find forgiveness Called home